Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We've come to a very important moment, a pivotal moment in this church service as we're transitioning from praise into the preaching of the Word of God. It's important that we make sure that our hearts and our minds are open to what will be delivered from this pulpit on the anointing of God and from the man of God. And we're certainly so glad to have with us, brother and sister, Tim Green is to us. Amen. We love dearly, precious people of God, evangelists, go throughout the world, Pacific, the Philippines Island. Next month they'll be going to South Africa and our assistant. Becky will be going with them, hallelujah, and a whole group of others, amen. But they go throughout the world to take this gospel. Now we support that work, and we support our missions program, 196 countries, amen. Why? Because Jesus is coming soon. He said, go into all the world and preach this gospel to every creature. We believe in that. It begins right here in this church, in our doorstep, in our city, and the surrounding areas to preach this gospel. And as we enter into this space of the ministry this morning in our church, I want to just bring to your attention a word of scripture from Luke chapter 10. It's where Jesus sends out his 70 for the first time. He has his 12 and then he, he ordains 70 to go forth. And the Bible says he sent him out to the cities and villages to places that he himself would go. And he sent these out as forerunners. And he told them to preach the gospel. He told them to heal their sick. And then he says this, He that heareth you, heareth me. He that despises you, despises him that sent, he despises me, and he that despises me, despises him that sent me. My point is, he that heareth you, heareth me. That's a powerful statement to make about a preacher of the gospel. And as Brother Green is coming this morning to operate in the spirit and minister as the Lord moves upon it, because you remember the spirit of God always moves. He's never static. He's always moving. That's part of his name. The spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. In creation, recreation, God's spirit is always moving. So be sensitive to that. But as he's speaking the word, it's not just talking about hearing that word. When he says, he that heareth you, heareth me, means he that hears, listens, and does it. It's not just in one ear and after another. It's in other words, if you, you, you value that word that you hear this morning and you appropriately and apply it to your own life, then that truth will benefit you, it will bless you, it will release you, it will deliver you, it will heal you, it will strengthen you. And so let's just pray one more time before Brother Green comes and ask God to open your heart and your mind and do your part as well. Shall we? Let's pray one more time. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Help us this morning. Help us, oh Lord God, to approach you in faith. And help us, oh God, to receive the ministry of this evangelist, Brother Green, with an open heart and an open mind. For, Lord, you sent him to us as one of the five-fold ministries. And, Lord, we look, O oh Lord God, to you in faith that your perfect will would be accomplished and that your word will be effectively ministered to us, your body. In Jesus' name we ask and that your anointing would rest upon him and give him strength. 
I let the church say amen. Would you clap your hands to the Lord and welcome the man of God, Brother Tim Green. We love you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Aren't you glad you're in church today and you can feel the faith that God gives us and the anointing of his presence? There is nothing like being in the presence of God. So I'm so glad we have the opportunity to come to church and worship with people of like precious faith and can enjoy the presence of our Heavenly Father. It is good, good, good to be back home with you today. And all of our brothers and sisters in the Lord here today, we give high honor to Pastor Sabolchi and First Lady, whom we love and appreciate very much and very thankful for their anointing, their gifting, their calling, and we're thankful for their friendship as well. And all of you are friends here in the Belleville area. We love and appreciate you. You're standing, so let's look quickly at the Word of God. 1 John chapter 3. We'll read from 1 John chapter 3, three verses, and then we'll look back at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, one verse, verse 18. So reading from 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. John is making it clear that when you are born again into the family of God, you're a son of God. You're a child of God. Right now, you're the child of God. But then he says there's more than just a birth process that happens. He says we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. And here's the principle. For we shall see him as he is. And then from 2 Corinthians Chapter 3, verse 18. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Very similar to what John was telling us. The Apostle Paul is speaking here to the church at Corinth and declares that there is a shifting, a changing, a transformation that happens to us when we behold open face the glory of the Lord. And I'm preaching today about transformation. Transformation. God bless you. You may be seated. This life of living for God is absolutely a life of change. The very first thing that happens to us when we are brought into His presence and we respond to His Spirit is that we are changed. 
It's the beginning of our life with Him, of our relationship with Him. And it is absolutely a continuance every day. We are changed. We are transformed to be like Him. I can remember years ago when I was in Sunday school and they taught us a Sunday school song back in the day. And some of you, I don't know if it's still even out there, but some of you might have remembered this song. But it went a little bit like this. Bullfrogs and butterflies, they both been born again. Bullfrogs and butterflies, they both been born. I'm not going any more than that. So. bullfrogs and butterflies, and they were teaching us about that initial transformation that happens. And God gave us these two creatures in nature to example changes that happen in us in our walk with God. Now, the change or the transformation that a bullfrog has would be very different from a change of what a butterfly happens now, if you're talking about the bullfrog that's mostly in the southeast region of the United States, it begins its very start not as what looks like a frog, but it begins as an egg and then hatched into a tadpole. These tadpoles do not look like frogs. They look more like what we would say a fish looks like. It, it's a thin body and it has the ability to wiggle in water and to swim a little bit. And this is how it begins its life for many, many months, even for a couple of years. It takes three years before a tadpole actually begins to grow legs and limbs and then crawls out of the little pool or pond or spare tire left in a redneck's yard that has water in it. And finally, it just now begins its process of growth. And it is another three years before this frog now becomes mature enough to where it is considered adult to be able to reproduce itself. That's a lot of slow changes. That's just every day a change that is almost impossible to see and maybe a full week looking back you can't see any changes or maybe a month very little changes and three years it's just a small change. In six years it takes for him to grow from that egg or that tadpole to a place where he's actually a full-grown croaking bullfrog ready to reproduce. But the butterfly is very different in transformation. It begins very different in its life as well. It starts out as a hairy worm, a caterpillar. And the caterpillar begins to immediately from its birth begins to find the food in the nest that it has been laid in. And within one or two weeks, it is now ready to begin to cocoon itself in. And there a layer of silk material like he cocoons or hides himself in this nasty looking hairy worm, this 
caterpillar that most people would either try to step on or avoid or try to spray to get rid of. And, and these caterpillars begin in just a few couple of weeks to cocoon themselves. And then after just a few short hours of cocooning themselves in, this cocoon begins to break as this worm, this caterpillar begins to force itself out of its cocoon and there has been a transformation because what breaks forth from that cocoon is not a hairy caterpillar but now you see wings began to grow and coming from that cracked cocoon that butterfly now can immediately fly it can immediately reproduce of itself it is considered absolutely mature in a matter of just a few short days that's a quick change so when God gave us these examples of bullfrogs and butterflies it lets us understand that some things of transformation in our life and our walk with God will be very quick and other things in our walk with God will take quite a while but both of these are absolutely necessary there has to be transformation in our life. We need to continually press toward the measure of the man Christ Jesus and letting old things pass away and things become new. There has to be changes. 2 Corinthians 5.17 declares that we become new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things passed away. Talking about an immediate shift and change when we take on Christ. But 2 Peter 1, 5 through 7 tells us that as we are living for God, we need to add to our walk with God faith. And then once we begin to add faith, then we need to add virtue. And once you get faith and virtue, pursue knowledge and then temperance. It's not something that happens overnight. This is just day by day Hour by hour, maybe year by year, you finally get some patience and then you've got to get godliness and then you've got to add brotherly kindness and then you've got to add charity. This is a process of transformation that takes a long time, but it's still a transformation that's happening in our life. Transformation is absolutely what we deal with in our walk with God. And some of these are very quick, and others of these are much, much slower. We see this beautifully example in the Word of God. In Isaiah 6, verses 1 through 4, Isaiah the prophet is given a vision of the throne room of God in heaven. And Isaiah begins to declare that he saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Then he begins to describe in the next couple of verses that there were creatures around the throne. And he began to say that their purpose was to look at him who's upon the throne and to not cease day and night as they shouted one to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. But when Isaiah described these creatures, he called them seraphims. 
Now, I know in the Christian world today, seraphims have been used to depict your different angels and different things. But the word seraphim in the Old Testament original Hebrew literally means burning flames. Isaiah, in his best description, said, I saw the throne of God, and there were four creatures creatures around the throne but when he described them he said the description that I can best tell you is that they were burning flames they looked like bright and burning and shining creatures and this is his explanation that is approximately in human timetable 740 B.C. But there is another vision we see that Ezekiel has in chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. And this is 587 B.C., 163 years later. Understand that these seraphims, these creatures around the throne have not ceased day and night to look at him who is upon the throne and shout to one another, he is holy, he is holy, he is holy. But now 163 years later, Ezekiel begins to describe them and he doesn't call them seraphims. But he said they were creatures that had distinctively different features. That they looked like men, but on one side of their face, they looked like an oxen. On the second side of their head or face, they looked like a lion. On the third side, they looked like an eagle. And on the fourth side, they had the face of a man. Many theologians believe that this is absolutely representing the attributes or the personalities of God himself. When you study the four Gospels, you'll find that Luke absolutely represents the Lord as an oxen and shows the servanthood of that. Mark declares him as a king, which would be represented by the lion. John speaks of him as the eagle or the overcoming one above all things. And Matthew speaks of him very much with a heart of compassion like a man. And so these four creatures, the oxen, the eagle, the man, and the lion, represent and see what they have been seeing and what they have been worshiping. They now are becoming more like him. Isaiah declared they were burning flames. But after 163 years of looking at him and praising him and worshiping him, they have changed a little bit and a little bit, and now they're starting to be more like him. But the story doesn't end there, for it picks up in the last book of the New Testament, Revelation 4, 5 through 9. John also, the revelator, has a vision of the throne room. He also describes one upon the throne. He begins to declare that there are creatures around the throne, and this is approximately 95 A.D. It has been 835 years from Isaiah's vision to where John the Revelator has this vision. But he doesn't speak of them and say, oh, they were cherubims, burning flames. He doesn't even speak like Ezekiel did and said there are four sides to their heads or their faces and they have all of these different things. But when John the Revelator begins to describe it, he said, 
I saw one of the creatures and he looked like an oxen and another creature and he looked like a lion. The next creature was likened to an eagle, the fourth likened to a man. After some 835 years of doing nothing but worshiping him, seeing him and crying holy, holy, little by little they have taken on the attribute and the personality of that which they worship. This is the principle by which we are seeing in our text that if we can see him as he is, we shall be like him. Second Chronicles 7 and 14 tells us that if my people which are called by my name would repent, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then would I hear from heaven, heal their land. Seeking his face is probably one that we don't speak a whole lot about. But this is absolutely necessary for the change that needs to happen and the transformation in our life. Can I tell you that every church service you come to and you close your eyes and lift your hand and say, all my life he's been faithful. You are shutting yourself in with God face to face, beholding him and the faithfulness of of who he is, little by little is becoming who you are. Every worship service, every prayer service, every time you fast, every time you dedicate everything you do that shuts yourself in with God transforms you a little like him. There was an old song, again, I don't know that we've sung this in 300 years, but it used to sing something like this. And for the first million years, you'll find me. I'll be sitting at the feet of the Lord. You might have heard this. I've got so many things I'd like to thank him for that it'll take me a million years. Praise the Lord. Old song, and I, I can remember thinking about how grateful we will be and that day when we get to heaven while we want to sit at his feet for a million years and just thank him. But this gives me great hope that my journey down here, I might never come to the place where I'm like the man Christ Jesus. But it doesn't have to end down here. And if 835 years can change burning flames to be like there that they're worshiping. What will a million years do for me and do for you when we get over there and we can see him as he is and worship him? I know one day I shall be like him. But that's bullfrog changes. That's slow transformations. But the butterfly transformations are very quick. We read of Moses going to the top of Mount Sinai. And there he is being shut in with God. He's speaking to God as it were face to face. God reveals to him so much of the moral, judicial, ceremonial law. But when Moses comes down from the mountain after beholding the glory of God, it has instantaneously changed him. 
and his face is shining so brilliantly with the glory of God that mere humans and people cannot stand the brightness of his countenance. And in order for him to speak to the people, he has to put a veil over his face so the brightness of the glory of God shining forth from him won't injure the eyes and hurt those that are looking at him. There are places on mountaintops in the spiritual realm where absolutely you can be face to face with God. And coming down from that mountaintop a place, you will be totally transformed and individuals will know it. You've been with Jesus. You've been with the Lord. Something has changed in you. And it was a very, very quick, quick change. Butterfly transformation. Jacob also wrestles with a theophany of God or an angel of God. And as he is wrestling and demanding that I will not let you go until you bless me, the angel touches the thigh and shrivels the sinew of Jacob. But he also speaks to him that your identity will never be the same. You used to be called Jacob, which means trickster, heel grabber, supplanter. But now you will be called Israel, which means... A prince that has power with God. In a matter of one night wrestling with God as it were. There was absolutely a transformation and a change that happened in Jacob. He who was Jacob became Israel in just one night shutting himself in with God. To the degree that when his brother, you can't fool your family. That when his brother sees him, his brother no longer wants to kill him for the conniver and trickster he's been in the past. But now he knows there's a transformation and a change. There are butterfly transformations that happen to us in the kingdom of God. And no matter how long your life of addiction has been, there's butterfly moments when you can get up from an altar and not have addiction in your life anymore. No desire for what you used to have. No hunger for what you used to have. And there is a transformation. There's a quick transformation that happens when you repent of your sins and are baptized in the name of Jesus, washing away your sins. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. And in just a few moments of time, you have seen the Savior as he is, and you have found salvation's journey. Quick. Thanking God for the video we saw of the testimony of a tremendous miracle. And by the way, I have preached at that church many times. and know that pastor well. The quick change that happens and the beautiful transformation we saw as an individual, sin-stained, was put under the water. Name of Jesus called over him. And as he come up to walk in a newness of life, his sins washed away by the baptism of the name of Jesus Christ. And then the transformation that we saw was very quickly as he who had been blinded from chemicals in his eyes now began to blink and realize he has been healed and he can see. Some things are very quick in life. Sometimes miracles happen and blind eyes are open and deaf ears are unstopped and there is a powerful quick work as God raises the crippled and does supernatural things 
And then there's other transformations that sometimes take a long time as you have to continually shut yourself in with God in prayer closets and continually faithfully come to church services and not just sit there. I think you might get something from osmosis, but when you respond, there is a beautiful impartation that happens as you shut yourself in an open face, being vulnerable, being open before God, seeing His glory. A transformation happens from glory to glory. So there is tremendous hope. There is tremendous help here in the place today because both transformations are effective in this house this morning. Heard a story years ago, psychiatrists and those that study human behavior have related this story many times, and I'm closing. It's the story of a scorpion and a frog. And the scorpion wanted to travel across the world. So he began his journey out from the woods where he was living under a tree that was dead and crawled across a sunny pasture area. But it wasn't far until he came to the banks of a river. And scorpions don't swim. So he's trying to find out how can I cross this large creek, this river, and get to the other side. And he noticed a croaking frog not far from where he was and said, Hey, Mr. Frog, you're a very good swimmer. Why don't you just carry me on your back across the river? And I'm going to travel all the way across the world. And the frog said, "Uh I know you, scorpion. We're going to get halfway across the creek. You're going to sting me, and then I'm going to die. And the scorpion said, well, that would make no sense because I can't swim. So if I sting you and you're paralyzed and you drown and die, what's going to happen to me? I will die also. And the frog's like, well, that that makes good sense. So, okay, get on my back. And, And they began to go across the river. They get halfway across the river, and the tail of that scorpion starts twitching. He lifts it high up and ah, stings the frog right in the back. Paralysis is setting in and the frog is going to die. And with his last breaths, he looks at the scorpion and says, What are you doing? Not only have you killed me, but now you yourself are going to die. And the scorpion seemingly is confused when it shrugs its shoulder and said, I don't know. I guess it's just my nature to sting regardless of the consequences. And psychiatrists tell this story because for most of mankind, they don't change. And the nature that you have born with, environment you raised with, so affects your life forever. But there's hope in Christ that even us scorpions that just have nature to fail God and to make mistakes one more time and 
and to try to get things right, that there is a process that not only are we born into the kingdom of God and instantly a son of God, but there's a transformation of our very nature. And if we will just keep getting up and going to our closet and shutting ourselves in with God, if we'll keep finding a place of prayer, if we'll keep worshiping one more time, lift up your hands, sing one more time, dance one more time, fast another day, witness another time, then there's a transformation little by little that turns scorpions into the children of God. And it doth not yet appear, if you're looking in the middle of the process, it doth not yet appear what we shall be. You can't see it yet. But this we know. We shall be like Him because we see Him as He is. If you would stand with me today, the call of the message in this place today is simply for us to Shut ourselves in with God and behold Him, open face, letting the glory of God transform us. For some in this place, there's going to be a very quick transformation. And whatever life you have lived and whatever you have given yourself to, just in a few moments of repentance, a few moments of baptism, you will never be the same that you were before because you'll be born into the kingdom of God and indeed sons of God. And there is a transformation that the old man will die away and the new man will rule your life. <laughs> that's, that's for you. And then for everyone in the place, there's another transformation. And that's one that you can't just stare at and see it happening. Like the hands of the clock. Are they even moving? But little by little, this is the process today to be shut in with God in a secret place. There in the Spirit, beholding His face, gaining new power. Run in this race. Love to be shut in with God. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strange. In the light of His beauty and grace. All I want to be is like Jesus. All I want to be is like Him. These old songs that shaped so much of our life reminded us that we've got to shut ourselves in cocoon ourselves in we've got to let everything else in the world become dim and see him as he is you want salvation you got to see him as the savior as he is the savior that took your sins upon his life and died for your sin and if you see him as he is you can have 
salvation that he is. Need a healing in the place? Sometimes we relegate it to just a formula of laying hands and elders praying the prayer of faith. But sometimes in healing you need to shut yourself in with your great physician and just let him work on you a little while. But for every one of us scorpions or maybe even good people, there is a transformation that must happen where little by little we're less me. I've got to decrease. He has to increase. See him like he is. Then we shall be like him. What a beautiful move of the presence of our Heavenly Father in the house today. And if you are here and ready to see him as your Savior, you need help in your salvation journey, wherever that might be. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you've heard the message today. That you've been not only hearers, but now it's time to be doers of the word. And the call of the Spirit is to just come shut yourself in at an altar to make your way down to the front and kneel or stand and close your eyes and just see your Savior on the cross with His arms stretched for you. Paid the price for you. You can see Him as your Savior. You can find salvation. So I'm giving an invitation right now to all that need help in their salvation journey. Do you have enough boldness? Do you have enough boldness to say, I think I'll walk down there no matter if anybody is watching or not. I'm, I'm just going to come down here and kneel or lift my hands. Anybody want to respond because you want help in your salvation journey? I'm all over the place. Child of God, if you realize you need to stay on that road of transformation, why don't you make your way here and shut yourself in with God? Why don't you forget about everything else around you and go to a secret place and just begin to lift Him up and see Him as He is? As this altar is filling up, everyone's invited. If you'll make your way down to the front and begin to shut yourself in with God, there's transformation for your life through the power of the presence of our Heavenly Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the change that's happened in everyone's life that's responding. Thank you for the transformation, Father. The quick changes and the long changes. We, we thank you for that. We receive it right now. Ministry, would you help us in the altars? We begin to sing and worship. Would you lift your hands all over the congregation and just worship? Shut yourself in with God for a few moments and praise Him. Worship Him. Love on Him. Transformation.